The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. So sorry about that. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, the 15th of May, 2022. Thank you for joining us for the Fear the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. All righty. Um, sorry about that. Uh, tonight's show, as most shows, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start this show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week, AMC Plus early previews notwithstanding, and we will give you recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 to 10, as well as give our listeners commentary news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. And I also want to give special thanks to one of our faithful regulars through sleet and snow and painful episodes of fear sometimes. Joan, thank you for joining us tonight in the chat, as always. I think we are stable, but just so you know... um, Our area, the Mid-Atlantic, is getting hammered by some pretty severe storms at the moment. I haven't had any flickering lights or Internet nonsense, but if I do disappear, it's not you guys. It's Mother Nature having a tantrum. So I will try to stick it out, if you will. So our show is spoiler and comic-free, as always. Please don't discuss any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that is presented to us. Welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Fear ran the usual front eight episodes and then was on break until April 17th. And there are now three more episodes left in Season 7 after tonight, which should be wrapping up on the 5th of June. There's already a Season 8 planned at this time. It is said to be going to be released on the oh just fall of 2022 we don't have a date yet and that is actually a just slight bit of a problem in that the last eight episodes of walking dead classic are also in fall of 2022 and we don't seem to have any sense of how that goes together schedule wise whether they're going to be before concurrent or after we don't have any idea right now But when they do start announcing it, I, of course, will always let you guys know as soon as it's out there in the wild to be known. So here we go. Um, I'm going to gloss over real quick the spinoff project's final season of Walking Dead Classic. Eight episodes left, picking up in the fall. Fear, where we are now, winding up season seven. Currently a commitment to season eight for the fall. Um, They have relocated production from Austin, Texas to Savannah, Georgia. I'm not clear if that's for season seven. I believe that's actually going to be for the upcoming season eight, which I believe they're shooting right now. Uh, For those who are behind, World Beyond has ended. There are some little plot hooks floating around, and we've seen some things that seem like they might smell like they point to those. I don't really know yet. Of course, they're keeping it vague, as they always do. But, you know, we'll find out when we find out. 2023... The Carol and Daryl show is now the Daryl show. Um, Melissa McBride had to take a break. It's not Norman's fault. Don't anybody yell at him. Be nice. Um, We don't really quite know what's going to happen with the show because of this. There has been commentary that Daryl's going to end up in France, which I find super weird because he's like motorcycle guy, which you don't exactly ride the motorcycle across a pond to go to uh, Western Europe. So I don't know. All righty. In summer 2022 will be the fifth show, six-episode anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead. 
Number six, then the water has already come out. I just like to remind you guys it exists. You can go watch it after the fact. It is available on AMC Plus On Demand. There are six episodes. Uh, Number seven, Maggie and Negan in New York, Isle of the Dead, blah, blah, blah. Don't really quite know anything more exactly when that's happening yet. Mm, Pardon me. Let me get a drink. So sorry for the dead air. Feel free to call in and speak with the host if you would like. 914-338-0314. And you can call anytime tonight. But we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you'll be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can talk on the air. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room on blogtalkradio.com as the show is happening. You'll be able to listen to the show real time, make comments in the chat, and then you can go back to that link after the show's over and download the episode and we post the links for that on our Facebook page and use on my social media and so on. Alrighty, if you're unable to join us in real time, feel free to go back and download the show or listen to it on the Blog Talk Radio website. Um, you can go to the website, click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page, and you can also download this in prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Tonight's fear episode is entitled The Raft, which, of course presupposes a whole bunch of assumptions about how tonight's going to go, because why would that be important unless somebody's getting flooded out? Official AMC synopsis is, Morgan and Alicia plan their next steps. Dwight and Sherry face the prospect of having to choose between their code and their safety. And as we often do, additional synopsis I will read to you real quick. Um, Just checking in with Joan, and she has not made any other commentary, so let's go ahead to that for now. Um, All right, so Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 13, The Raft, New Photos, Renee Hanson, fan-sided at undeadwalking.com. It's just a little bit more commentary and a lot of pictures that I've used for the chat room. Um, So she says, the next episode of Fear the Walking Dead, The Raft, will air tonight, 9 p.m. This episode will expand the storyline a bit as we see a focus on more than one character. The first four episodes of Season 7B the back half, have been highlighting a specific character. But this week we will see Morgan and Alicia in a story and Dwight and Sherry in their storyline, which will be the most we've seen of them in the back half of season seven. That that is true. So I'm glad we're advancing that because the whole separation thing has been kind of hard to keep up since we have such a large group. All right. The raft will follow Alicia and Morgan as they plan their next steps towards taking over Strand's tower. Last week's episode, Sunny Boy, focused on removing baby Mo so she would be out of harm's way during the attack and take away Strand's bargaining chip. This week, Dwight and Sherry will be forced to choose between their code and safety. We already heard that in the synopsis. The teaser and promo photos that have been officially put out clearly show that Dwight and Sherry will have to take over care of Mo in this episode. So this is not technically a spoiler because a lot of the official photos are showing them interacting with her in some capacity and they weren't with Morgan. So we know at least that much is happening. All right. The raft is the 13th episode of season seven. Fans fans are anxious to know when Madison will appear. Yes. We're all chomping at the bit. I am chomping at the bit because I like Kim a lot as an actor. Uh, It has been speculated that she will return in the 15th episode, Amina, but it would be like the creators to give us a glimpse of her in episode 14, divine providence. I I will be honest with you. You know what would be like these creators? This is not the Walking Dead classic. What would be like them is to give us a peek in in the penultimate episode in 15. And then the real one be the last episode of the season, which is gone. As in no one's really gone until they're gone, you know, because that was a big quote with her. Okay, back to the article. Perhaps the short clip featured in the teaser will be used at the end of 714 making viewers wait until the following week to see more of her. Showrunners have said her appearance in Season 7 will be more than a cameo. Well, yes, at 7.14, you have two whole episodes left, so durr, durr, durr. This is not some grand proclamation, guys. 
As the war for the tower progresses and the survivors choose sides, who will become the victor? And I don't think they mean the pun, Victor Strand. Alicia's group gains some manpower with remaining stalkers, but Dwight says they're outmanned and outgunned in the teaser. How many people does Strand have? There are many living in the tower, but how many are fighters? Things should get very exciting in the final four episodes of Fear the Walking Dead seventh season. Let's see what Joan has to say about that. Okay, she hasn't commented in the chat room yet, but I know I've said a lot of things that are probably irritating her very slightly on the prospects of this season being amazing, because that seems to have been a struggle with the new uh, <laughs> new showrunners. Well, they're not new now. They they came in in season three and peed on everything. Um, so. <laughs> Oh, Joan said, loving the commentary. Thank you, Joan. I am being a little sarcastic because, like you, I've been aggravated at how some of this has gone, and I, I have to poke the guys a little bit, you know, partly because I know they never listen to my show. So, what difference does it make? Alrighty, so that is the end of the extended synopsis. Let's go down to writers and directors' profiles. It's eight forty-one, so we have a good chunk of time yet. Tonight's episode was written by veterans Nick Bernadoni and Nazreen Chaudhry and directed by a new person to the franchise, sort of. This is a person who has only directed or written any of that stuff. Tonight is their first time, but they've been involved with the show for a little bit. When I get down to their profile, I'll let you know. His name is Gary S. Rake. Sometimes professionally he goes by Gary Rake, but... His IMDb is Gary S. Rake. All right. Nicholas Francis Bernadoni was born in Brooklyn, New York. How you doing? I know my, my New York impersonation is terrible, even though I spent a few years in Long Island. Um, sorry about that, Nick. Bernadoni is a 2003 graduate of Jamesville DeWitt High School that studied TV and digital film at SUNY Fredonia. I actually don't know where that is. Um, Joan, out of curiosity, where's SUNY Fredonia? S-U-N-Y, it's an acronym for the State University of New York. Um, I don't know where Fredonia is. Uh, anyhow, uh, he then pursued a career in television in New York City. He got a BS in television and digital film studies from SUNY Fredonia in 2007. He was president of Delta Chi and a teaching assistant. One of his first jobs was writing and editing web content for NBC's 30 Rock, earning him a Producers Guild of America Award for Outstanding Digital Series and an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Special Class Short Format Video. He also wrote for the show's uh, Tracy Jordan, played by Tracy Morgan, character on social media, which was named one of Time Magazine's Top 100 Twitter feeds. Bernadoni next wrote for Netflix Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, created by Tina Fey and starring Ellie Kemper, but soon found himself watching fewer comedies at home and more escapism shows like Walking Dead and Marvel movies. He wanted to do something different, connected with producers at Walking Dead, and now writes scenes where zombies chase heroes as an oil rig explodes. Ta-da! I'm going to double-check in the chat room to see if Joan has any commentary on that. Oh, she says she speaks with sarcasm, so no worries. Thank you. Yes, we do a lot of that here. Um, okay, going back to Nick's profile. He's known for his work on The Walking Dead, Red Machete, 2017. 30 Rock, The Webisodes, 2008, and Bromos, B-R-O, capital M-O-S, from 2009. I don't know anything about that show, Um, but he was working on it. And so those of you who are familiar probably know what I'm talking about. Bernadoni has had six nominations and one award win. Writers Guild of America 2018 and 19 noms for Red Machete. PGA Awards winner 2013, Outstanding Digital Series for 30 Rock, The Webisodes. Primetime Emmy Award noms, 2012 and 13 uh, for 30 Rock and 2018 for Red Machete. Bernadoni has also had various crew positions on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Bloodline, Saturday Night Live, The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, and more. October 2021, Nick headlined the reconvened Syracuse International Film Festival. He is the writer and producer of The Walking Dead Web series Red Machete, he has seven producer's credits aside from Red Machete and seven writer's credits outside of Red Machete. He also has six actor's credits since 2010 and two director's credits. Notable role was uh, a state farm agent, uh, Dark Side. I don't remember that commercial, but 
um, you know, maybe if I can find a clip at some point, I'll share that with you guys. He worked as a script coordinator for 26 episodes of season seven and season eight of Walking Dead Classic and 13 episodes of season four and five of Fear. Uh, trivia, he worked as an uncredited script coordinator for season seven and season eight of Walking Dead Classic. So I guess he did all his episodes, but they didn't actually put it down on IMDb. And I don't know why they wouldn't do that. So sometimes there's reasons. He's been a co-producer for all of season seven of Fear so far. Tonight is his seventh time writing an episode in the Walking Dead franchise. First was season five, episode 13, Leave What You Don't. All of these are Fear episodes. The second was season six, episode nine, Things Left to Do. Third was Season 6, Episode 13, J.D. Fourth was Season 6, Episode 15, USS Pennsylvania. Fifth was Season 7, Episode 3, Cindy Hawkins. And the last was Season 7, Episode 7, The Portrait. And let me check in the chat room. Uh, Joan is, uh, yeah, she did get an answer. Fredonia is in western New York in Chautauqua, Chautauqua County, less than an hour outside of Buffalo and about an hour to Erie, Pennsylvania. Apparently, this particular campus of SUNY has been around since 1826, so it's got some staying power. Good for them. You know what? I'm going to give you some applause for that. That's awesome. All righty. Good for you, Nick. Okay. His co-writer tonight is Nazarene Chaudhry, also a uh, now-established writer for uh, Walking Dead. I, mostly, I think she works on Fear as well. Um, she's a British TV series writer, producer, and actress best known for her radio dramas and extensive work in American television. Chaudhry was born in southwest London, England, youngest of five children to first-generation Bangladeshi parents. She graduated with a BSc, I think that's Bachelor of Science, in Biomedical Science from King's College, London. Very impressive. And... Uh, she had a view to becoming a doctor, but then completed an MA in screenwriting at the Northern Film School, having received a Film 4 Productions Channel 4 Award. She did a little bit of acting, but got her start behind the scenes in 2002, working as a story associate in the long-running UK te television soap Coronation Street. Chaudhry scripted episodes of British television serials such as Casualty, Doctors, EastEnders, and Waterloo Road. Her critically acclaimed radio play Mixed Blood won the Richard Imison Award in 2006. Chaudhry is currently based in Los Angeles and is married. She mentioned in a TV interview that she drew on her own experiences as a Bangladeshi woman married to a white man for her work on Mixed Blood. In 2006, she was also awarded a grant for the arts by the Arts Council England for her first novel, My England. Her first screenplay, Scum, won the Focus on Talent Award, a competition run by DNA Films. She was selected as one of the 10 finalists of the 2014 Rock, Fox Writers Initiative. Pardon me. She has written for A&E's Damien, Houdini, and Doyle. Fox's Wayward Pines in 2015, CBS's Blood and Treasure 2019, and she is the producer of Amazon Prime Video's Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan in 2018. In addition to her writing career, Nazarene has held administrative positions within the university setting and in the political field. She previously served on the Board of Governors for the Local Education Authority and the Society Authors. She is also involved with BAFTA's Community Outreach Program, providing mentorship and training for students in South LA, as well as running her own storytelling workshops in schools and professional settings across the UK and in Los Angeles. Nazarene has five TV acting credits. She has six producer's credits, including newly becoming a co-executive producer for Fear, starting in season six. She has 12 writer's credits before writing tonight's episode, becoming her 13th. And executive producership notwithstanding, her second role working on anything in the Walking Dead franchise. Tonight is her sixth episode... Uh, written for Fear the Walking Dead, and I did not catch the sixth episode she worked on. I should have written it down. I apologize for that. But here's the other ones. Um, the first was Welcome to the Club, Season 6, Episode 2. Second was In Dreams, 
Season 6, Episode 12. Third was USS Pennsylvania, Season 6, Episode 15. Fourth was Breathe With Me, Season 7, Episode 4. And the fifth was Season 7, Episode 10, Morning Cloak. All right, new kid on the block, Gary Rake. Except not entirely new, and we'll get into that right now. He was born in 72 in Santa Monica, California. He has 11 additional crew credits, usually production assistant, since 2000 for uh, the following. And there's more than this. This is just highlights. Finding Forrester, a movie with Sean Connery, A Beautiful Mind, Sweet Home Alabama, Sex and the City, the TV show, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, amongst several others. 46 various smaller director positions, such as assistant director, second unit director, that kind of thing, since 2004, including the following. CSI Miami, War of the Worlds 2005, The Notorious Betty Page, which was a movie, Devil Wears Prada, The Departed, he was uncredited for that, Good Shepherd, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Ugly Betty, Sons of Anarchy, Community, Bones, The Orville, and Grey's Anatomy, and many others, obviously, since he has 46 of these. Two main director's credits, The Orville, two episodes in 2019, and directing tonight's episode is the third work that Gary has done in the Walking Dead franchise, the first being first assistant director for 16 episodes of Walking Dead Classic from 2016 to 18. Um, They were season six, episode 12, to season eight, episode 16. He managed to squeeze in those. And then the second thing he's done was being first assistant director for six episodes of Fear, season seven, including the season seven finale, which we'll get to in a couple weeks. All right, let's give some applause to everybody who's worked on the show. It's 8.52, so we will have time to start trivia, but I don't know that we'll finish. It will depend. So tonight's episode, Season 7, Episode 13, is the 98th episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars tonight are Candace Michelle Barley as Maya Vasquez. Um, she's not described, but the last name heavily implies that she is connected to Elias, who is the zombie senator that Alicia was chasing around. All right, also starring Nobody is Named, uncredited Avaya Janiel as Morgan, Baby Morgan, and Jared Gibson back as Elias Vasquez as the Walker Senator. Trivia tonight, first appearance of Maya Vasquez, last appearance of Elias Vasquez, and they always phrase it that way if somebody appears again and they weren't expected. So they've said last appearance several times and he's come back, but they don't want to hedge their bets. Um, Last appearance of the location... The Franklin Hotel. And as of this episode, Keith Carradine, John Dory's senior, has been removed from the opening credits. And I'm actually, you know what? I'm sad to see that happen. And I'm going to give him some applause to thank him for his work on the show. I've been watching him for a very, very long time. So I was super thrilled he was part of this. All right. Last episode trivia, season seven, episode 12, last week. Is the 97th episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars were Eric Sandel as Ranger slash Tower Resident 4. Piece of trivia, Eric Sandel also played three separate cultists and a Valley Town resident in Season 6. Christina Blake as Kat, K-A-T, also starring Nobody Was Listed. Uncredited, Avaya Janiel as Baby Morgan. Kara Peterson as Tower Resident 5. Uh, this woman is among several residents to have their living quarters rummaged through by Howard and the Rangers in search of hidden walkie-talkies. A walkie-talkie is found hidden in her mattress, and as a result, the woman is dragged to the rooftop and placed on the edge. As she pleads for her life, Howard refuses to listen, stating that they found a walkie-talkie among her things, making them think she may be a dissenter or part of a resistance. The woman tries to tell Howard that the walkie-talkie doesn't mean anything, but she's thrown over the edge to her death. It is most likely this woman reanimated and joined the moat of zombies surrounding Strand's Tower. Uh, unknown actor as Matin, M-A-T-I-N, in the photograph, Howard's son, and unknown actor as Matin's mother in the photograph, Howard's wife. 
All right, it's 8.55. We'll squeeze out a little bit more trivia before we go dark. First and last appearance of Matan. Last appearance of Howard. Last appearance of John Dory Sr. With the death of John Dory Sr., June Dory is the last member of the Dory family left alive. In addition, there are no longer any living blood relatives of John Dory. The title of this episode, Last Week, Sunny Boy, is the same as the Al Jolson song. This is the sixth time an episode's title is the title of a song that plays in the episode. The first was This Land is Your Land. The second was Sleigh Ride. The third was End of the Line. The fourth was Handle with Care. And the fifth was In Dreams. Sunny Boy is also sang by John and Grace and is mentioned to be the favorite song of John Dory as a child. All right, 8.56, we can keep going just a little. This is the second episode of Fear the Walking Dead to be released in the U.S. on Mother's Day. Okay, this one gets a tiny bit touchy, just so you know. And you know what I'm going to be talking about in a hot second. It's rather coincidental, considering the premise and themes of the episode. The first one was In Dreams last year. This episode, along with In Dreams, were coincidentally named after songs in which Grace is featured as a central mother figure to the child and sings a latter song to the child. The Boots and Howard's collection, this is separate comment, are listed as belonging to Deadeye Driscoll, who had died in them. In the episode JD, John Dory mentioned that Deadeye Driscoll was killed by John Dory II with his family's guns. Strand mentions the events of Blackjack and John Dory's attempt to build a raft to cross floodwaters in order to reach June. Mickey Mickey using a makeshift suit of armor to escape from the tower until death is mentioned. Wendell suggests that John use the walker guts trick in order to get through the moat. However, John refuses to as they don't have enough time for that and it's too dangerous for Mo. It's unclear what happened to John's gun with his death. If he returned it to June off screen or if he still had it when he died, some of the zombies amongst the herd surrounding the tower appear to be radioactive zombies, presumably from the crater. It's 8.57 then we can keep going just a skosh. So, new section, episode headline, uh, highlights, excuse me. John attempts to take Howard's place as Strand's partner, planting a walkie on Howard. Charlie is revealed to be getting worse, and she's now bedridden with radiation burns. As a paranoid Strand searches the tower for her signs of her resistance, a walkie is discovered in Howard's possession, shattering Strand's faith in him and baby Mo goes missing. Howard reveals that his wife left him with his son before the world ended, and he's driven by the hope that they will find the tower. June, who is collaborating with Grace, attempts to sneak Mo out through the tunnels, but she's caught by John, who is determined to protect Mo at the tower as part of his legacy. Before being captured by Strand, John is revealed to also be terminally ill with radiation sickness, having gotten it when he went to rescue Charlie. Despite John's revealing the truth about framing Howard, Strand forces him to throw Howard off the roof to his death before revealing that Howard's family is already dead and he lied to Howard about it. John decides to carry Mo through the walker moat to Morgan using a makeshift suit of armor. After getting bit in the process, John sacrifices himself to distract the herd. Using an old antenna, Strand threatens to kill June and Grace if Morgan should ever set foot in the tower while inviting everyone else to join him. Wes becomes Strand's new partner. And with that, it's 8.59. We're going to go dark, and I'll see you guys at the first commercial break. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, it is 9.07. We're at the first commercial break. Jonah's starting with a 4. I'm starting with a 4.5. Um, yeah, we go through this struggle every week with this show, and I don't really think I need to get into that much detail about why. Let me read you what Joan had to say. So with all this radiation poisoning going on, radioactive walkers that John Dory walked through, how is that safe for baby Mel? Yes, giant plot hole. This is not how radiation works. And Joe says, well, that sucks, but why are they suddenly following Morgan? Starting with the four, I'm assuming because he was the one out there and Strand has been having them deliberately released. Um, I'm not sure where the release point is in relation to the Pennsylvania, 
but I'm sure that it's somehow deliberate in that sort of a way. All right, let me go back to my notes and let's keep going with trivia for the time that we've got. Okay, um, let me see. Okay, I did finish the episode highlights. So deaths last week were Howard, Matan confirmed, Matan's mother confirmed, John Dory Sr., and three unnamed tower residents that were pushed off. There were no errors or bloopers reported. And we are now at, let's see, we got, I'm just making sure. Yeah, we got a second here. Let's do birthday. Alexandra, Alex Breckenridge, who played Jesse in Alexandria, May 15th is her birthday. That's today. Happy birthday. She's in, from Darien, Connecticut. Kari Payton, who's King Ezekiel. Tomorrow, May 16th, he's from Augusta, Georgia. John Amiel, who directed, <coughs> excuse me, uh Stuff in Season 11 for Walking Dead Classic, May 20th in London, England, and Sunkrish Balasubramanian, uh, Bala, Dr. Caleb Subramanian prisons, uh, the, in the prison Season 4, May 21st from Mumbai, Maharashtra, India, and please forgive me for mispronunciations. All right, let's give these guys happy birthday applause. <laughs> Alrighty, we have a couple seconds, so let's try to keep going. Featured music from last week, Season 7, Episode 12, Violin Concerto in E Minor, Opus 64, 2, Andante, by Arpa Ju from the Budapest Symphony Orchestra, and Emmy Verhe. Victor plays this on the phonograph as he talks to John Dory, and we are back. I'll see you guys at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 9.17, and we are at commercial break number two, and I'm going to go up to 4.75 only because I am glad that Dwight and Sherry kicked Wes for being a fucking lamer because this whole bullshit that he's spouting, this whole leader and now crap, he is not some perfect moral guy. Oh, oh, my God, somebody may be not believing a thing, and my brother, blah, blah, blah. Dude, you're in the fucking apocalypse. Dry your tears on your pants and walk. Oh, my God. I'm so sick of Wes. I I liked Wes as a character, and just like Strand, you had these characters that were kind of iffy, and then they redeemed themselves, and now the showrunners are eroding all of them. There's not going to be anybody left that we like anymore. Not that, you know, we're angry with the show as it is. And I hope the hell they don't ruin Madison. Holy crap. It just dawned on me after everything they did. They have the Midas touch. Everything they touch turns into a muffler, guys, okay? Yes, I'm sitting here in my basement doing a radio show, and you're actually doing things in IMDb. I get that. That doesn't mean they don't suck. That doesn't mean that somebody's not propping you all up for what you do to this show because, ugh. Okay, Joan is doing 425, so she's going up at Scotia as well. Um, comments since the last thing. The whole damn storyline's been full of plot holes since the start of this nuclear crap. I'm so over it. I am over it, too. I don't know why they're staying there trying to make it in there. The smart thing to do, the way they had things set up, is to start the Civic Republic connection, get all of those people out of that area, and merge that with what happened in the end of World Beyond. That This is the only reasonable thing to do with the plot hooks that you left sitting around that could be picked up off the ground. Um, also... Walker horse with radiation. Of course, I don't really know that it was ever a walker, but it was full of radiation and just dead in the road. Curious whose it was. And uh, Jones pointed that out, at least dead horse with radiation. And she's also over Wes and his BS as well. All right, let's go back to my notes. Um, I do have some discussion links if we want to talk about anything. Just a reminder, there is no talking dead again tonight because we're propping up 61st Street right now. So uh, when the show's over, y'all can just go on up to bed. Um, I have a discussion link from last week that I started if we want to get into that, but let me finish my other notes before we do. So Season 7 of Fear, let's tell you what is left. Um, 99-14, Divine Providence, written by Alex Delisle and David Leslie Johnson-McGoldrick. Director is Ed Ornelas. 
and that's May 22nd. Uh, episode 100 slash 15 is Amina, uh, written by Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg, uh, director of Satro, May 29th. And then 101 slash 16 is Gone, Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg, and Sharat Raju is the director, and that's June 5th. That will wrap up season seven for us. And then we do not know when season eight is happening. I will try to let you guys know on the page. I'm hoping they will let that slip before the end of this season so that I can tell you what to look forward to as much as we ever do. (laughs) Trying to be kind to the few people we like on this show, but it's awful hard. All right. I'm waiting to see if this commercial is going to give me time. Uh, Other upcoming shows on NDB Media. I have four to tell you about, but I'm not clear how much time I've got with the Pixel. All right. Not sure what's going on with that. Um, Other upcoming shows on NDB Media include, I'll try to get them in, Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. We're back. I'll do the rest at break number three. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, 929, break number three. I Let me think about this for a second. I really don't want to go any higher than 475 right now. Although, I do like that Dwight did what I was hoping, which was fake them out and try to get the baby out of there. And I like that Wes is getting his ass kicked again. He really gets needs the shit kicked out of him until he gets that little stuck-up business of his whole era is now crap out of him. Both of us are fussing about Morgan wasting bullets in the last scene. There are lots of ways he could have made noise without doing that because ammo is not as all over the place as it should be. I forgive my hiccups. Also, we're kind of worried what Ian and Andrew are going to do to Madison in her return given how they're handling everything else. Sorry, guys. It's worrisome. Uh, okay, so you had all these characters in season three, and then they came on and, like, made them all nasty. And I don't like it. Like, they're not even making some of them very good anymore. They're trying to destroy everything. <laughs> like, even the characters that we start to think maybe are good after all they're screwing up with. I wondered for a hot minute if Sherry might be pregnant. But, no, she appears to just be old, stupid Sherry, where she's, like, talking about leaving. And not talking about it with Dwight and they're really kind of a hot mess together, to be honest with you. And she has done so much dumb shit that fighter or not, I'm surprised she survived this long. All right. Joan's still at four, two, five. I'm still at four, seven, five. Let's take a look at the rest of NDB media shows coming up for you guys. Fandom access. We can review Tuesdays, 10 PM Eastern time. Join the awesome anecdotes of Jamie, Karen and AJ as they discuss another night of TV. Recent discussions include Hot Tanks on Fear the Walking Dead, Moon Knight, and Star Trek Picard. The Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show, Wednesday the 25th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, so skip it this coming Wednesday. Please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. The Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. The next topic is still being discussed, but I will let you know as soon as I can. Travel Itch Radio, the 19th. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That will be this Thursday. The Great Race, an annual event featuring automobiles that predate World War II, takes off next month from Warwick, Rhode Island. Hear all about it on Travel Itch Radio when race director Jeff Stum, S-T-U-M-B, joins the show. Listen live as Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee ask Jeff where fans can watch, how much prize money winners will receive, and even how car enthusiasts can sign up for future events. Alrighty, so there is that. We're still in a commercial break, which I'm surprised. So I do have the article I was reading last week. I'm going to see. Oh, we're in a McDonald's commercial, so I'll try to keep going a little. Um, This was the article from comicbook.com, Fear the Walking Dead showrunner on ending Althea's story in Season 7. This was written by Cameron Bolomono at comicbook.com. 
And I'm going to go down here to where we last picked up. And we're in a commercial, so I'll keep going. This episode was very much a callback to Alan Morgan's first episode in Fear of the Walking Dead. And that episode, of course, had one more person in it, and that was John Dory, Chambliss said. Even though he's not with these characters, we can feel him there because Morgan is moving toward or forward with the lessons he learned in Alice, hearing kind of the echoes of everything that John Dory would have said if he were standing there in this episode telling Alice she has to get on that helicopter and try to find Isabel. Uh, hmm. There's a guy that looks like Wes in a car that's in a modern show. It's in 61st Street. Uh, Joan, can you double-check for me the actor who plays Wes? He's not in 61st Street, is he? It was just a quick glimpse, so I couldn't tell. All right, we are back. I'll talk to you guys at break number four. Okay, guys, it's 940, and we're at break number four, and I freaking called it. Sherry thinks she's pregnant. I'm actually going to go to five just for that. It's a cheap shot plot device, but only just, like, I'm happy that my suspicion might be correct. At least in character, they're suspecting it, which is what I was thinking. Um, Joan is going to check on the 61st Street cast and see if that was the actors playing Wes. It just looks a lot like him, and I really I feel a little bad because I don't want to be like, oh, you guys look alike, because it's not like that. It's just a hairstyle, and it was a really quick shot, and I thought it might be kind of interesting. Um, Joan has lost connection. I know she's got storms going on over there, so probably when she gets back, we'll find out what her score was and what she found out about the 61st Street thing. So for the meantime, it's 940. Let me go back over to the article I was reading to you guys. After Morgan puts a target on his back to help Al take out the two-man Reclamation 1, a transmission from the CRM reveals the transponder on Ground 17's helicopter gives away Isabel's location. They're not going to stop until they find her unless Al finds Isabel first. Morgan tells Al she's part of the story, helping her get over her fear of losing Isabel or herself. When Morgan learns, and this is a quote, When Morgan learns that there is, in fact, a person who Al has feelings for and a person who helped Al save everyone, his desire to risk his own life to help Al is all about wanting Al to be able to experience something like that, Shambliss said. Morgan's kind of invoking his biggest fear, the thing that we heard him say when he first joined the Fear the Walking Dead. I lose people, and then I lose myself. And it really spoke to his fear of opening up to human connection because there are many great things that come along with that, friendship, companionship, love, but at the same time, It carries a great risk in the zombie apocalypse. It's not uncommon to lose the people around you just like that. Reclamation ends with Al and Isabel reuniting at a cabin in the Great Smoky Mountains where the AWOL CRM soldier watches the recording of her breakup with Al. Destroying her camera, Al stops chasing the story to go on the run with Isabel. Quote, While we're giving them the Fear the Walking Dead version of a happy ending, we wanted to be clear that it wasn't going to be easy, Chambliss said. No shit. We kind of landed on this idea of having Al's interview that she had done with Isabel to be playing in the background. It spoke to Isabel's love of Al that she's in this cabin watching this tape, and she's obviously still thinking about her. But at the same time, it allowed someone to voice all the practical concerns that they would have to face. Shambliss added, what they did was essentially allowed Al to speak to the fact that they love for each other, the fact that they could be together, can outweigh all those negatives. This is about the best happy ending you can get in the Walking Dead universe. And that is the end of that particular story. Um, Joan is still not back, and we may be going back to the show in just a second. There's an interesting uh, trailer for a show in a fantasy world uh, to compete in a reality show that looks like kind of a Harry Potter-type universe. Uh, (laughs) Castles and things, and I'm unclear what's happening. Team Up to Reimagine, a hybrid competition series. It looks, uh, Disney's The Quest on DisneyPlus.com. And now we're in a commercial. Okay. I'm going to go back and try to find another article to talk to you guys about just in case. Um, so give me just a quick second. I'm going to get that set up and we'll see in the meantime 
whether the show's going to come back before I get to it or not. Nope, we're still in a commercial and stuff about chicken. Buffalo Ranch chicken sandwich at Popeye's. And a car commercial. I knew it was, if it's not a trailer, we're not really getting back yet. Okay, this one is from CBR.com, and I actually don't remember what CBR stands for. I'm going to look that up for you guys real quick because there, there's going to be time for me to go ahead and talk about the actual article. So I just want to see what this source is that I'm giving you right for CBR, CBR exclusives. What are you? It's not – Blake Hawkins wrote this on April 19th. We are back now. I'll see if I can look it up for you at the commercial breaks in between. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 9.51. We're at break number five. Um, Joan has been trying to reconnect but has not been able to share her score. And I went with five last time. I'm going with 525, but I think that may be about the end of my goodwill on this sort of thing. I do not think that the bunker walls should be caving in the way they are. It makes an interesting plot device, but I'm kind of an aficionado of the genre, you know, eschatology, apocalyptic stuff. Lots of nuclear stories and bunkers and things like that. And it just seems like anything that is sufficient to protect people should not be caving in because walkers are walking through it. They're not even going over it necessarily because um, they're coming through the entrance. So, I, you know, this thing is bugging me. I, uh, let's see. She, uh, Joan is probably uh, have, has checked on the 61st Street casting, but I don't have an answer from her. So that's fine. Joan, we miss you. Hope you can get back and talk to us. Um, Morgan did stop wasting the damn ammo, and they got somebody, the walkers got somebody in the hall, and I know it was the guy that was with Wes, but I wasn't clear if Wes got away. I'm not really sure. And I'm sorry, I kind of hope he did because he's being a douchebag, and being a douchebag in an apocalypse should have more consequences. I think people that are egregious assholes like that run out of goodwill. And they can't keep staying alive like that because no man is an island, blah, 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 T-shirt wisdom. All right. We are in a commercial, so I'm going to go to the other article and try to read some of that for you. Fear the Walking Dead season B 7B opener was a failure, according to this, Blake Hawkins. I didn't catch who CBR.com was, though. Let me see if I can figure that out uh, real quick here. There's a lot of crap on this website. And makes it very difficult to see like the who is who who are you guys that are putting things out and now it just crashed my browser. You kidding me? So I don't know if I'm connected to you guys or not. I kind of hope, but let me see here. Okay, I'm not. So I don't even know if you hear me right now, but I'm going to give it a try. Let's see. Am I on the host line? The computer thinks I am, but. There we go. I don't know if you can still hear me. Let me see what's going on if Joan's made it back. Uh, No, Joan has not made it back. I've just seen her coming in and out. And we're not back. We're in commercials. So I had this article I was trying to read to you guys, but I wanted to find out who the source is. And it crashed my browser when I was looking, which, of course, is super suspicious. Don't know why you're doing that, guys. Kind of sus. Um, CBR... Right for CBR. It doesn't say who CBR is, but they seem to be a comics source of some kind. Home, contact us, about us. There's what I was looking for, a page like that. So CBR is Comic Book Resources, founded in 1995. It is a source for comic industry news. Okay, that's fine. Now I can look at your article and kind of figure out who's putting it out there. So this is by Blake Hawkins. It says, fans were excited for Fear the Walking Dead season 7B opener, but Follow Me was a huge letdown for multiple reasons. Here's why fans hated it. I don't know that I hated it any more than the other stuff I get aggravated with with this show. Um, okay, I'm watching a, sh- a show with people oh, called Dark Winds, June 12th on AMC and AMC+. 
And there's the thing with what looks like Wes again, but Jonah's not able to be on here to help me chase that down, see what's going on, um, which I assume is a trailer for 61st Street, which means we will be back in a moment. And that'll be a thing. I, I kind of hope Joan can make it back and talk to us, but we'll see. All right, we're back. See you guys in a little while. Okay, guys, it's 10.07. Joan did not make it back, unfortunately. You are missed. I'm ending on 525. Um, I'm not really sure why Dwight and Sherry are hugging with clothes that have been covered in radioactive dust, but, you know, another giant plot hole with all this bit. Anyhow... Um, thank you guys for joining us and I will see you next week. Uh, that will be for, uh, episode 14, which is, uh, divine providence. That's right. Okay. So thank you for joining us again and good night.